everyone, I'm Rosanna and this is AFL Obsessed. It's nice to feel a little more settled now with the weather changing and it's getting warmer here. And Andrew and I have been working in our building workspaces and on our rooftop. So we're kind of enjoying all of the elements we love most about the city, kind of really just away from our bins <laughs> in our place. Um, we've still got quite a few boxes to get through. But over the weekend, we actually spent Saturday brunching and day drinking with our friends, which was really fun and something I haven't done in a really long time. It really felt so much like, I don't want to say the before, but also I don't know if you guys saw the SNL sketch recently about kind of life post-quarantine and the first time you go out following, you know, having been inside for an extended period or just at home in isolation it definitely just feels awkward that first kind of time that you're hanging out. And I don't know, it was just really hilarious interactions that I can just think of from the weekend. And I, I wonder if you guys are all kind of going through that same thing too. And my dear friend who I love the most, um, Veronica, she moved to Seattle at the end of 2019. I think she literally left the day after Thanksgiving at our place because I love to host and I'm actually really looking forward to doing that again <laughs> in our new place. She came back to visit for the first time, so it was really fun catching up and showing her BF the city and really it was just fun eating our way through <laughs> the city and all the different neighborhoods. And I grew up with her and we were just kind of reminiscing about our connection to sports growing up. So for those of you who've asked or just maybe even wondered about my sporting past, honestly, I didn't grow up playing sports. I wanted to. <laughs> my parents never really wanted me to play sports. I think that might be a typical Asian thing. So instead, I learned to play a bunch of instruments, <laughs> musical instruments. And that was kind of our creative outlet to practice and listen to feedback and kind of learn to make adjustments. And I think it definitely helps to boost your self-confidence and maybe your self-esteem. And I don't want to say it was our version of a sport, sport obviously <laughs> in quotations, but you kind of learn your coordination, social skills, and I guess overall discipline that way is kind of how I feel about it. I guess a different kind of investment. And if you're doing all that, then you don't want to break like a finger or hurt your wrist, you know, because there's always like an upcoming audition or a performance or a recital. And my cousin was actually doing all the same things as me. She's just a few years older. And in high school, she really wanted to play basketball. And so she actually went to the tryouts without telling anyone. And she ended up having a really great tryout. She made the team, but she ended up breaking her finger in the process, like at the tryouts. So, of course, you know, that was a story that was passed on to us. <laughs> and, you know, I guess it was just definitely one of those things where I think they were just worried that maybe we would try the same things. Or it was just that story that I think gets kind of told over and over again. Like, don't think about it. This is what could happen. Of course, like the worst case scenario. But I was actually going to a school of music at the same time I was doing basically like gen ed for the entirety of my like K through 12 years. My um, just basically everything before college. So 
And at the same time, I actually really wanted to learn martial arts, really any martial art or, I mean, I wanted to learn all of them. And of course, my parents were like, no, you need to be graceful. So they actually put me in dance instead. And now I just bet that they really regret that. You know, I'm not going to fend off someone with like plies or, you know, jeté away from danger. <laughs> but I did play co-ed softball, um, you know, for three years, three wonderful summers. And that would have to be just such a highlight for me. And I'm honestly looking to kind of do pickup games with a friend this summer, if possible. We're kind of looking into it. Hopefully I can just handle the humidity and the heat. But yeah, I just wish that I grew up knowing about footy and playing it. And I know that you guys all know <laughs> that I would have loved to have done that. I don't think that I can do it now, but it's something I really wish was around. So let's get to it and dive into the opening overture of my overall thoughts on the week and where we're at now. Just a little bit of housekeeping. Some of you reached out after the last epi when I was talking about the borders being closed in Australia and the COVID case kind of in tandem in Melbourne. So Mattine actually pointed out to me on Twitter and a listener from Podbean, I want to say Cup of Tea Pool. I hope I'm saying your um, name correctly, but they basically just explain that it is a national border. It's not just like a state closure. Um, so I didn't mean to misrepresent that, but thanks for that, guys, and kind of pointing it out to me. And New York City is slowly emerging from restrictions. We've lifted our curfews for outdoor dining, and our governor actually announced a completely maskless mandate, which started yesterday. So completely vaxxed peeps won't have to wear masks in most situations, with the exception, obviously, in a ride service or public transport. And I'm really grateful for that. I did go to the gym last night, and we're still required to wear the mask in gyms, but it's pretty tough when you're doing cardio. I haven't taken like a yoga class or anything like that yet. Um, I really want to take a cycling class. But yeah, during the cardio moments, I mean, there were times where it's just really, really difficult. And um, I kind of just have been doing alternative <laughs> like exercise regimens throughout the pandemic. So that was just kind of another one of those adjustments that I feel like we're all going to be making. And hopefully going forward, we can start removing those. And Radio City Music Hall will be reopening next month at 100% capacity for fully vaccinated, like an unmasked audience, basically. And New York Fashion Week is officially returning with in-person shows this fall. But even more exciting, the New York City Marathon is returning in November. So my OG listeners will remember when I lost my voice cheering for Brownie, when Jonathan Brown came to run the marathon in 2019. So the race is back with fewer runners. And I'll be going again just to cheer on the peeps that are running because it's really such an admirable endeavor and it's just a really great city event. Just a sidebar in city life though, I have to say they've been trending quite a bit here in terms of kind of New York City topics, but both Airbnb and Uber, I mean, you guys know how I feel about Airbnb. <laughs> we still haven't gotten to the entire thing that happened with like our plans getting derailed when 
Andrew and I got back to the city. But both services have kind of, the discussion has been that they've become what they intended to replace. And they are both now kind of more astronomical in terms of pricing. So it's uber expensive to use either service. And now for Uber, I feel like it's almost double, if not more, the cost of what a cab would be. And also the wait time for an Uber too. I actually think on Sunday afternoon, we called for one and just trying to grab one like really early in the afternoon. And it was like a 24 minute wait for an Uber, which is kind of unheard of in the city. There's typically, there's just so much accessibility. And I mean, at that point, you might as well just, you know, wait for a train. But what's happening with restrictions where you guys are at? I'm curious in your countries and cities, like how things are lifting. Are you getting back to regular life? Do you feel like you never left <laughs> kind of the regular, you know, lifestyles and everything that you've been up to? My email is aflfootyobsessed at gmail and aflobsessed on Twitter if you want to chat. But now let's get to footy and on to act one with AFL headlines and highlights from the weekend. So it wasn't the highest scoring round, but no less excitement. And from a purely football and games perspective, the Richmond game. I don't know if you guys saw it, but what a great game. It was such a gutsy win. I feel like you can never write off the you know, dynasty that Richmond's in, even though pretty much their midfield is injured and I don't want to say decimated, but they just always seem to deliver. And I really feel like you just can't count the Tigers out. And it was such a great kind of back and forth game. So Toby Green actually fractured his shoulder in the third quarter, and he just continued to play on as the captain for GWS. I mean, the poker face that these players have and these men have when they get injured, you could kind of see at one point he kind of was around the goalpost and he kind of just knelt down. But really, like his shoulder was out of place at that point, and he still continued to really try to knock it out for his team. And... Actually, Dusty had a collision. It's funny. We talked about umps last week, but he had a collision with an ump in the fourth quarter where he nearly took the ump out kind of getting, I think, his fourth goal. So luckily everyone's okay, but it was such an interesting thing to watch. But yeah, a really great game if you haven't had a chance to catch it. And I think the second really big thing from the weekend is just how the D's still continue to dominate. They are just, I mean, they're in it now nine to zero. Like they have had nine straight wins like every single round. I'm really proud of them. I think, you know, not that they were underrated, but I just think that some of us didn't see that coming. And there was a really great moment from that particular game that I loved because we all love Kazi Pickett and just seeing all the things that he can do. But he did something I honestly haven't ever seen before. So when he went to kick for goal, the opposition player actually touched the ball. And immediately when that happened, because it looked like it was sailing in for a goal and the crowd was really getting into it, he just immediately like told the ump like it was touched. And 
it just shows how much he really enjoys playing almost like an art form. I really appreciate he's not like a win at all costs player, but it was really funny that the umpire still chose to, you know, review the footage and kind of <laughs> confirm what he saw um, and what he felt. But I just thought that was such an interesting direction because typically, you know, if that happens, not that the player isn't saying it, but maybe it just gets reviewed and it's not noticed or it there isn't, footage to kind of determine either way so a call may or may not stand so that was just a really great thing in the game and his integrity I just really hope that that kind of rubs off on other players and for games going forward and I think some other teams have been kind of flying under the radar but Brisbane really I think has been doing really well and just isn't mentioned enough there's not as much fanfare. They've had a really great last few games, including, you know, them taking out Port a couple of weeks ago. So I think that that's just been one of those things where I know there's so many stories from the weekend and maybe, oh, another win. But I think they're just kind of flying under the radar and, you know, not a team to kind of count out like <laughs> some of these other top eight teams. And North got their first win. So I really loved that it was for their coach, David Nobles. Well, his first win, but it was also on his birthday. So it was really great to celebrate his first win and kind of have a collective birthday celebration. And I really loved seeing Brent Harvey along with the team just singing in the change rooms. That was a really fun moment. And really the only other thing is just... When Essendon managed Nick Hawks, who I think really just needs a rest, he's been playing quite a bit. I think a lot of the young guns, you guys have heard me say it, really need some time away from the game. He was actually managed by way of medical sub, which I thought was really interesting. So he didn't necessarily get time off and he ended up playing the last quarter. So I really would love for him to actually get a break. But that was really interesting that instead of being like an emergency, he was named as a medical sub and he still ended up playing. But what did you guys think about the games? I mean, the games, the teams, just that theme song singing for North and all the announcements from the AFL. I feel like there's just so much going on right now. My email is aflfootyobsessed at gmail and aflobsessed on Twitter if you want to share. Okay, it's intermission. So quickly during this time, let's just cut away to other sports. The Nets and the Knicks. I'm super excited. Both actually won seeds for the Eastern Conference if you guys have been watching basketball at all. So the Nets secured the second seed for the Eastern Conference while collecting a bunch of historical stats for Kyrie Irving during the game. And the Knicks actually secured the fourth seed. So it's really exciting next stop playoffs for both of the teams. There's a play-in tournament going on right now, and the playoffs will start on Saturday. And now we're on to Act 2, where we have discussions about relevant footy topics and issues, because there's always so many footy topics to discuss. So I really just want to talk about board member and eligibility requirements because there has been a new board member installed at Collingwood. And I have to say that I'm really excited about the appointment. I was really excited to hear about the announcement. 
especially because she is a woman. And you know how I feel about women and representations in sports and equal opportunity and representation, especially in this sport. So I just want to be clear that I feel like women in this sport and in other sports are kind of scrutinized a little bit more and I feel like it's much quicker to kind of lay on or pile on in terms of speculation or anything but I guess it's unclear about who knew what when and just kind of in terms of her installment but let me just back that up by saying that you know we were all really excited about her announcement And then there was a photo that's kind of been circulating on social media where she was pictured wearing another club sweater. I think like a bulldog sweater and it maybe looked like a Christmas sweater. And then, you know, the board member went on a radio station and she was interviewed about her appointment where it was kind of revealed and pointed out that she may or may not actually have been eligible to join the board at Collingwood. So really, it's not like the narrative is, I guess it just comes down to like a clause in the club's actual constitution where, you know, to be a board member, you have to at least have been a member for over two years. I think two years is the minimum. And I believe that the individual joined to become a member in 2020. And then I think Collingwood kind of came out to try to maybe change the narrative that it's okay, you know, she can be on the board. She just won't be able to vote as a board member. You know, she won't have any power. And that's okay if that's the case. I mean, if I feel like if those are the rules and, you know, those are the rules, but it's interesting that they would have someone kind of stand in a room given that they don't meet their eligibility requirements, but but they also wouldn't be able to vote on behalf of the club and to serve the club, you know, at least for this year. So it was a really interesting kind of installment in terms of like timeline and how quickly it maybe seemed like a rushed appointment. And from my outsider, like American perspective, I feel like in terms of a corporate perspective, I feel like I'm assuming there's similar criteria to installing, you know, a new member of a board for a company here when there's going to be like a vacancy or a term limit. I feel like to prepare for that, you'll map out skills and criteria and a whole range of like topics that you want expertise across the board um, as a company that you want to focus on. Like we're going to lose, you know, this knowledge or skill set when this individual is leaves that we need to replace. So. Sometimes they'll bring in like a firm, but candidates are thoroughly vetted. I feel like the interview process is pretty rigorous to determine who the best candidates would be. And then there's typically some kind of like a presentation to the board with, you know, an AGM meeting. And then everybody kind of gets to vote as a member. And you typically trust that vetting process. You agree on the process. You kind of really agree on maybe who the best candidates would be. It's typically more of like a procedural process at that point here. And then you just, you know, it's presented, rubber stamped and moved on. And then you just don't think about that process afterwards, you know, and everyone approves the appointment and you just kind of move on. 
So if anyone wants to clear that up for me in terms of how the inner workings of clubs go, I would love to know more about this. And even further than that, too, like with our executives for front offices of, you know, our sports here, a lot of individuals will go to work in the front office that maybe have supported another team, you know? So I guess it's an interesting question about, you know, how important is it really? Like if you're a supporter of Collingwood, like how much do you care about that, about the concept of maybe someone joining your organization that isn't a player, but is meant to be an asset, you know, and beneficial to your team? Like, what do you think about this appointment? I mean, how do you want this to kind of go? Do you agree? Do you think that, you know, that's really all that important? And maybe, you know, do do you want to change your constitution as a result? I feel like there's just so many questions. I do think it does scratch a little bit of the surface, though, because of the fact that this happened. I think there's been discussions about how it's a massive fail and a calamity. I do think you know, if they aren't on top of something like this, what else aren't they on top of? I guess are just some of the other questions that I've kind of thought about. But I'm really interested in knowing what you guys think about this, especially Collingwood supporters. But other, you know, supporters too, I just want to know, I don't think this has happened before. If you want to let me know if it has, it's just a really interesting discussion to me. But yeah, let me know your thoughts. And now it's the after show with my tips for round 10. The Lions versus the Tigers. I'm really excited about this game, you guys. I'm going to be waking at 5.50 to watch this. I think it's going to be a really great game. And it's going to be a really tough call. But, you know, I think I see the Lions running away with this one. And in the Blues versus the Hawks, I'm going to go with Carlton. In the Cats versus Suns. I'm going to have to go with Geelong. Although the Gold Coast Ruckman is back for the first game, for his first game since 2019. So that'll be a really interesting um, addition. And in the Crows versus the Ds, I think the Ds are going to come out on top. So it'll be 10 out of 10. In the Bulldogs versus the Saints, I think this will really be the game to watch. I know it's the second facing off with the 11th team on the ladder, but just given their history of meetups, it should really be a good matchup. Unfortunately, the Bulldogs will be without English due to concussion. I think he's still suffering low-level symptoms after some training sessions, and it's been weeks of injury. So I, I totally get that if you're sore or whatever, you know, just kind of rest up and all the best because there are a lifetime of implications with that type of injury. In the Dockers versus the Swans, I'm going to go with the Swans. In Giants versus the Eagles, oh, I think the Eagles are going to come through on this. In Pies versus the Power, I'm going with Port. And in the last game, Dons versus the Ruse, I know that there's a little bit of a rivalry with our teams, and I'm relatively new to the sport, so... I have to say I don't have like super strong feelings like a lot of others do. I don't have like a deep-seated hatred or anything like that between I think some people or have between our clubs. And as you know, my loyalty only goes back so far. But it doesn't mean I don't know about it or can't relate. Um, I understand that they might be at the bottom of the ladder. But, 
you know, we're not far behind. So I think it'll be a really interesting game, but I really hope that we come out on top here, Essendon. (laughs) But that's it for me. Thanks again for listening, rating, and subscribing, everyone. Thanks for hanging around for the show. Stay safe and healthy. Check on your friends and neighbors. We'll get through this like footy. I'm virtually hugging you and we'll talk footy soon.